0: You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, the Guild 9 gaming podcast covering board games to war games and beyond.
1: And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin, and I'm here with my main men, Jason and Dan.
2: Hey, guys. Kia ora.
1: Yes, uh, that is Dan getting into anime, loving it.
2: No, that's Maori.
1: All right, well, whatever. (laughs) I figured it was Japanese anime. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, sorry
0: does Maui have uh, do they have uh, graphic novels
2: I. they should they would be awesome if they did I'm, I bet you they do somewhere so I feel bad for not knowing the answer to that question that's cool that's cool.
1: Uh for those that don't know Dan lived among the Maori for a couple of years. <laughs> I, I love
0: the way you say that. He lived among them.
2: Exactly. It sounds like I went back in time to like exactly. 1803. Like no. you wrote,
1: you you pulled up on a on a sea canoe. <laughs> right. You know, with nothing but, you know, nothing but Raised the clothes his on hand, your back, came ashore. Yeah, it
2: That's was like... not Moana. No, it was more like western civilization just एफआई
1: yeah <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> My did you have to do the haka response challenge <laughs> for them to accept you right. uh
2: everyone who goes needs to learn a little haka and mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than a white guy with no rhythm and somebody without that kind of energy you know to project if you if you're self-conscious you're not going to be good at doing the haka so <sighs> let me just say me doing the haka was less effective of from what what it's trying to accomplish So
1: there's this epic, epic, um, scene in rugby, uh, from about 10 years ago, maybe, um, maybe a little bit longer where, um, New Zealand, they've got a sailing that they never lose to Wales. Right. And they've like never lost to Wales. And so every time they go and they play, anytime that New Zealand plays a rug, another rugby team, they obviously do their haka. right? Well, New Zealand or uh, uh, normally the other team kind of respects it. They kind of just stand back like, you know, kind of on their side of the pitch and just kind of wait for them to be done. Like, OK, that was cool. Let's play the game. Well, this time Wales stood right on the right on the 50 meter line, like right on the line and just stared them down the whole time they're doing the haka. Like mm. you were just like, dang, this is getting real, mm. you know, and that was a hard fought game, like hard fought game. <laughs> it was pretty epic though. Cause it was like a Western showdown, you know, yeah. it was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah.
2: That's cool stuff. Yeah. I, I have uh, some friends who played for the all blacks. So,
1: oh, nice. Yeah. Very good. Very cool. But alas, the show is not about haka's or rugby or even the Maori people. We tend to get sidelined and waylaid a little bit, but you know what? We are moving forward. Today, we are going to talk about what's happening in Warhammer, because there's a lot happening. Summer's always big releases. Uh, Last summer was the new uh, Warhammer 40K edition. This summer, uh, Age of Sigmar, new edition, and a lot that's going on in the peripheries with some of their skirmish games. So, Before we get into that, why don't we talk about Geek Week. Jason, kick us off, buddy.
0: All right, man. I, uh, I've i been watching High Score on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that, but uh, it's a documentary about uh, kind of video games. Yet another documentary about video games, kind of where they've come from. Kind of from back, takes it back to kind of the beginning and walks it forward. Um, only a couple, uh, well, there's only like, it's a miniseries, so there's only, I think, like five or six episodes, and I think I'm halfway done right now, but... Uh, Last episode I watched was on um, role playing games, and it's not role playing games; it's role playing games and video games, right? So it's a it's a video game focused documentary. Yeah, right. Any, have any of you guys seen this high score documentary? Um,
1: I have I've seen like it. the. Oh, nice. I, I was gonna say I have seen the um, the like Netflix preview. You know how they do the, mm-hmm. the thing? yeah. So that's all I've seen.
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's uh definitely uh you know it's one of those educational points where you learn. You know, been a, I think, you know, I've been there since really close to the beginning of all of these things. In fact, many of the games that they pull up, you know, the text-based games, I played these games and, and stuff, but uh, it's cool to always watch these things and catch a little, you know, piece of, tidbit of information that you didn't know before, um, or to hear kind of the story of the people that kind of created these games. Um so I'd recommend it. You know, I'm not going to it's a documentary. So it's not like I'm going to there's nothing really to spoil there. But uh, I would recommend it if you're interested in kind of understanding little little nuances about uh, you know, where like uh, you know, asteroids or Space Invaders um, or the clones that kicked off and how those how those influential games from early on kind of started kicked off the industry and mm-hmm. and got them rolling. Um and then also how you know role-playing games had an influence on some of those earlier uh, you know text-based games um, that uh, some of us you know grew up on, and uh, you know you think about the Sierra games, right? You know the King's Quest and the uh, Space Quest and those games, and it's just uh, it's always interesting to kind of take a, a roll back in the retro time and see see kind of the um, all this cre- the creative juices that were flowing in that time period uh to kind of take things to the next level. Anyways, very interesting. Also uh, uh on Netflix, um also on Netflix is Love, Death & Robots.
1: Ah, I, I watched uh I watched that season. Yeah, did you
0: one. the so my favorite one, there were a couple I had to not watch, but uh <laughs> my favorite one was uh volume 2 episode 24 All Through the House. That was the Christmas one?
1: Yes. That was great.
0: <laughs> that was amazing. Now, I'm very anti-Christmas, not in December. Uh, like, nothing Christmas in my house unless yeah. it's December. Um, right. But uh, I made an exception for this, and it was so funny. I watched it, like, back-to-back with my wife multiple times, and we were just, like, gut-laughing <laughs> at this thing. So Is
1: it? Th- those those anthology shows I really like. like oh, I, man, I, I, it's so cool. I, yeah, and you're right. Some of them you're like, ooh, this is pushing the edge for me. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, uh <laughs> This uh, they took a lot of creative liberty with this one, you know. Yeah. But then there's other ones that you're like, oh, that was cute, or you know, you're like, oh, that one was hilarious, and it's just it's a lot of fun, you know. I really like the idea of, you know, the whole theme is love, death, and robots, and so you've yep. got you know I mean there's such a wide array of things that you can do there. And listen, some of those animations are incredible.
0: They are. And they're all short stories that are like, you know, anywhere from 3 minutes to 15 minutes max for like a total little story. So it's yeah. easy to just throw one on real quick, watch it and go off to another world for a little bit. Yeah. But I'd recommend, I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, Volume 2, Episode 24 on Netflix of Love, Death, Robots, all through the house. Uh, two, <laughs> uh, two kids wake up thinking to go downstairs to catch Santa, and they get a little bit of a different surprise there.
2: <laughs>
1: but
0: uh, anyways, the um, other thing I was doing is a uh, future pinball. Just real quick, I have a, yep. pro,
2: t- I have a pro tip for high score. Okay. First of all, I liked High Score a lot. I watched the whole series. So if you're the type of person like me that does other things while you're watching shows like that, and you don't want to read the subtitles, right? Because there's a lot of Japanese designers, um, you know, that they subtitle, um, and they're speaking in their native language. If you go into Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Amazon, go into Netflix and turn on the assisted audio, the English track, they will. They, they describe the video games that are happening on the screen which can be annoying if you don't like that but it also translates to all of the um all the guys who are speaking ah, Japanese
0: interesting yeah yeah
2: that that's for people who are playing games on their phone while they're watching a show while they're uh, watching a show yeah <laughs>
1: <'Cause> we, <laughs> is that still that Star Wars game need that you're more playing, stimulus
2: Dan? oh I'm still in that game I'm still in that game <laughs> still in that game <laughs> that's great i can't i I can't quit it <laughs> <laughs> too well, involved.
0: I will say that I think High Score is an entertaining uh, documentary that you could just watch, that you wouldn't necessarily yes. need to do anything else on. But, yes. But, yeah, if you're doing something in the background, you know, like you're working and you just want to put something on in the background, there will be times where you might have to look over to read some subtitles.
2: Right. Maybe you're painting minis or doing dishes or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Very
0: cool. So, the other thing I did was Future Pinball. Uh, Future Pinball is a community engine, it's an open source engine for uh, virtual pinball tables and there are uh, lots of community pinball tables I've get once again I'm on a virtual pinball kick um and uh, I found a Blade Runner table uh Ooh. original Blade Runner and oh my gosh it is so such an immersive pinball table uh, it's just I can't describe it to you it's by Ultimate Pro Pinball uh so if you just type Ultimate Pro Pinball uh Blade Runner uh in the web you'll find it you have to install Future Pinball onto your PC I'm remember- uh,
1: I'm pretty sure I've played a real-life Blade Runner pinball machine.
0: You might have. Um, if you Google, I think if you search for Blade Runner, I don't think there was ever an official Blade Runner pinball table that was released. But uh, anyways, whether this is a recreation or not, it is an amazing table that uh, pulls sound bites from all over the original movie. Um uh, and also, uh, you know, the the thematic elements, you know, pinball, pinball tables are fun because they're like little stories and little objectives you have to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, you, un- you unlock certain objectives, which then open story modes. And then you, when you accomplish the story modes, you can progress through the various stages of the table. It's not just hitting the ball around hip bumpers. Yeah. And uh, this one has that same kind of progression where you're going after different replicants and trying to hunt them down and, as you're hitting certain you know areas of the table and in lanes and stuff. Really cool. It's amazing that communities can come together and put this kind of high-quality stuff together independent of, you know, like a gaming budget. Yeah. And just really impressive. So really cool. Please? In fact, you go to – I was going to say, just, sorry. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's okay. You know, it's not It's not like it's my geek week or anything. You know, <laughs> <my turn. laughs> uh, no, I was just going to – the last thing I was going to say was you can go to YouTube and type – a uh, future pinball blade runner table and you can watch somebody playing it if you just want to get a feel for what it looks like but anyways that's it go ahead
1: so so please tell me that when you like your ball goes down and you're not able to hit it out and you lose it that it the the quote comes up you know all these memories gone
2: like tears in the rain <laughs> <laughs> So you know what's cool
0: about, uh, I will I don't think it does that, but I, well, what's cool it about should. when you, it's cool, well what's cool with this table is that you I hear all these quotes that I instantly recognize, because I've seen this movie like 150 times, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's one of the, like you don't think of it as a quote until you hear it, and you're like, holy crap, I remember that part. Yeah. You know, because you hit like a bumper that triggered something, and this guy says something like, oh man, that's amazing. But uh, anyways, had a lot of fun with that, but that was my geek week.
1: That's great. You know, you just remind me that I need to watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine again. Which you talked about it in one of your geek weeks of I don't know, maybe like a month <sighs> ago or something like that. And um I think I only saw that movie twice. You know, I And I feel know, like I need I feel like I need at least another one or two watches to really like get you know what I mean? Like pull out the stuff that I might have yeah. missed.
0: You know, if, you know how people like—at least my kids nowadays—they they like to go through these things. Like, if you could only ever eat one more thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> or if you could only ever listen to one song for the rest of your life? And uh, I'm like, all right, I'll play your exercise here. But yeah, uh, if I could only watch like one movie for the rest of my life, it might be one of the Blade Runner movies.
1: That's a legit one.
0: Yeah, both of them. Are, but there are several movies kind of in that genre that I would probably pick and have to sort through and decide which ones
1: you know Anyways. what here we go here we go uh let's mark this down gents uh top movies that you could watch for the rest of your life if you had to choose one there you go so that's a topic that we need to address because i feel like we've got some varied you know yeah
0: would probably need to really put some thought into it too i agree i agree because yeah. i
1: have like 10 off the like off the top right. of my head and i would have to pare it down but anyway that's good that's good uh let, yeah very good very good uh dan how was your geek week
2: so i got bit by the uh star wars miniature tabletop bug somehow in the last 48 hours uh oh it's because
1: i know why it's because you saw john tross's uh terrain and was like wow that
2: looks his really legion awesome terrain. his legion terrain i, I don't want to buy a third game i'm in two i mean already <laughs> in two games a third game i'd look i could have bought into that a long time ago
0: did you see it though? It I looks it pretty looks,
2: amazing. It looks great. And every time I think about the effort that I'd have to do to paint minis, I go, "Ugh. <laughs> I'll play something else."
1: Stormtroopers are like the easiest minis to paint in the oh, world. I'm sure you dip them white <laughs> you,
2: you you do the L- I know. Anyway, um so uh the they came out with a version like 1.5 of Star Wars Armada. For those who are not familiar, Star Wars Armada is the capital ship Simulation tabletop game, so it's everything from a teeny tiny A-wing fighter all the way up to uh, a $200 Superstar Destroyer, and all the ships in between. You know, um, all all of the great ships. And they have just released a couple factions from the uh, pre the Clone War series, which is cool. I don't have any of that stuff, but it's cool. And but so when they did a 1.5, they had to errata a lot of stuff. And so um, instead of, and everybody's been collecting this for years now, I don't know when this game came out, at least, it seems like five years ago or something. Um, people have collected a lot of stuff and there's a lot of stuff that needed to, to be refreshed. So they came out with an upgrade card collection. So FFG, when you buy a model, you know which upgrade cards you're getting with that model. It's a, it's a set, right? So yeah. there's no there's no surprises you know and you, you buy that model to get the the te- the 12 cards that go with it and you're great so what ffg did is they reprinted every card from every set they ever made up until they released those other two factions and put them out in a box set for about 20 bucks
1: wow and in
2: some cases there's two copies of cards for stuff that stuff that gets a lot of use genius move so thoughtful such great such, such, Really caring about the players, right? And they changed Absolutely. the form factor of the cards too because the old cards were the little teeny tiny mini cards. They're about you know the length of your thumb. Um, they moved it up to full kind of baseball card size or playing deck card size cards. Um, so they changed the form factor and they changed some of the, the wording and they changed some of the icons that they used to make it consistent across the entire thing. Well, mm-hmm. because it's such a no-brainer thing to buy, you can never find them. They're always Uh, gone. They're always sold out. So I'm not a shill for Miniature Market, but I spent a lot of money with those guys. They are a small business. They're not my local store. They would be if I lived in like Minnesota or something. I don't know. They're somewhere in the Midwest. But anyway, um, I finally got the, 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 the email saying, Hey, this is back. And these things have been on back order for at least all of COVID. They came out and they disappeared instantly. And so I picked it up. And so, you know what Miniature Market has? I'm shilling for them. If you spend 100 bucks, it's free shipping. So yeah, I find yeah. myself spending $75 to save <laughs> 12 to $10, right? <laughs> uh, so Those sneaky, sneaky guys. This is
0: why you have a community friends. All you got to do is post and say, I'm $15 away from free shipping, oh, and yeah. one of your buddies will jump something in. I've you. done
2: that That's before, true. and it works. And I've driven books around. I'm, I'm cool with that. But sometimes I get a little greedy. So... There were two or three things from the X-Wing that were they were running low on. They'd already sold out of some, some stuff that I wanted. So they only had one resistance conversion kit. So when they went from version 1.0 to 2.0, they had conversion kits for all the five factions. I converted all of them except for the resistance, which is the stuff from episode 789. Uh, they had one left in their inventory. I was paranoid they would not get another one for a long time. I threw that in there. I always wanted the new A-Wing, got one of those, the new A-Wing from Episode 8. Shoots behind, you can shoot behind, it's great. The, the guns swivel backwards, and you fire backwards. Nice. Um, and then there were two, three packs that just came out. The Skystrike Academy has uh, two TIE Interceptors and a TIE Defender and a whole bunch of new cards. And I have a lot of Interceptors and I have a few Defenders. So I'm already kind of invested in those models. And one of those defenders is Darth Vader piloting the best plane the Empire ever fielded. So that's kind of cool. And then Phoenix Cell has a B-Wing and two A-Wings in it. Because in the cartoon, in the Rebels cartoon, um, Harris and Dula was the head of Phoenix Squadron and she had these green A-Wings. And she went and got a hold of the first B-Wing. And they had a lot of cool cards in there too. So basically i've got like x-wing and I, I went through armada already refiled all my cards and put the cards away i'll never need to use again and now i've got to do unboxing for those other four things that i just bought and uh, i'm getting excited. i'm getting getting excited to to do some x-wing or some armada again it's been way too long yep nice so that was my geek 72 hours. This was I think a bad choice uh, I made three days ago.
0: <laughs> you know, Armada is uh, Armada's one of those games I I only played it a few times, but I just enjoyed it so much more than X-Wing. I felt it, I felt like it gave me the scale feel that I needed.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Definitely has a different scale feeling. I,
2: I told cool. I told our buddy who got me into X-Wing, if they would have came out with Armada first, I would have never bought a single X-Wing thing. I would have mm-hmm. never got hooked because that uh. was – that was my jam, and I know a lot of guys who play it that they, they skipped X Wing, they went straight to Armada and, and the models are just amazing. They're just amazing. They are pretty
1: your capital ship that you have is pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, the twenty four inch superstar yeah Yeah. I Ooh. look at it it's a showpiece in my game room. I look at it every day while I'm working and I think I just imagine I'm doing an attack run on it instead of being at work. There you go, man. So that's
1: my geek week that's very good um, I was going to uh, ask you if you're caught up on the bad batch episodes
2: I am I'm absolutely yep. caught up and they had
1: some amazing uh, crossover with rebels yes yeah you know very and, good and, crossover. you know I mean throughout this whole series which is great because you know this is um the bad batch uh has uh been an awesome bridge to see kind of the transition of the you know clones to stormtroopers a also the you know the fall of the republic to the empire and that kind of transition on worlds that were like hey wait a minute we were your friends and now the empire's here who's the empire like what's going on here you know and so because uh, you jump from you know episode three And when you got Darth Vader basically coming out, you know, and you go to rogue one in the, you know, in the, um, in the movie series. And then you go to episode four, which I mean, those, those are like minutes apart, you know, from each other from end to finish or end to start. So there's that whole gap right there that rebels did fill a little bit of, right. Mm -hmm. Um, rebels filled kind of right, like just up to like almost pre rogue one. And, um, and then you had a kind of this gap of like, well, what happened at the beginning of the transition? Like what happened right after episode three or even like the end of episode three into, you know, that gap. So, uh, the bad batch is in that and it's, it's pretty awesome. I gotta say, like, I, I've, I've been enjoying it a lot.
2: And we won't go too deep in it, but not every clone who fought in the clone wars had, you know, Immediately had a brainwash reaction to fighting for the Empire, Mm -hmm. and there's the the main clones of the story have that storyline, but they've also run into other clones that are having second thoughts about the Empire. So it's really cool. You know, instead of clones, which were the heroes, you know, and then they, they were the traitors, and then they were the super bad guys in episode, like you said, in Rogue One and episode four. Yep. This one gives them three dimensions, and it's and, and they're taking time to do it. They don't have to take time to do it, and that, that's what's kind of fun about it.
1: Listen, it's 16 episodes. 16 episodes, which normally Disney's putting out six or ten. Ten, 10 episodes? thing you know mm-hmm. um i think what was the mandalorian 8 episodes yeah somewhere around there per yeah. season you know yeah. so 16 you're like wow i feel spoiled you know so pretty good stuff pretty good stuff uh for my geek week uh, mine's pretty short um, I've gotten back into Darkest Dungeon. I know we've kind of talked, we've ta- talked about Darkest Dungeon on here, but it recently came out on the Xbox Ultimate Games Pass. Mm-hmm. So now, um, I mean, I had it on Steam before, right? Um, but so now, I in theory could download it again to my laptop because of you know the the games with Windows um, on there. But more importantly, I can download it on my Xbox and I can play it on my phone through the cloud gaming. So um, I love it because I can just pick up right where I went, like right as I was going mad in one of the tunnels, pick it right back up and watch them all have heart attacks, you know, and that's great. Uh, you know, I, I just have a lot of fun with that game. And and that's a game that um, right now I'm, I'm so focused on other things like, um, you know, getting ready for GuildCon and finishing up my kids rugby season and all this stuff. Uh, Darkest Dungeons is a game where it's like, you know what, I could play it for 10 minutes and be totally happy. I could play it for an hour and a half and be totally happy. And, I could, and with the cloud gaming, I can literally walk away from it and come right back to it. So, um, bravo Xbox, bravo Games Pass. I, I read an article yesterday, or maybe even today, that said that Microsoft has already won the next-gen console war.
0: Uh, you know? So, before we go on that topic, because... Let just to step back to Darkest Dungeon. Uh, yes, Because yes. boy, you just potentially opened a can there. But, I know uh, I did. I I love Darkest Dungeon. It's one of my top ten games of all time. Uh, the yeah. art style, the Im- the feeling of immersion when you play the game. That yep. dude's voice.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> amazing. he's amazing.
0: Yeah, and just not only that, but the like the writing, man. Like everything yeah. he says is so like powerfully profound. While you're yeah. playing the game, it just totally, like, you know, draws you into the, the darkness of the uh, atmosphere and environment and this corrupt world that, yeah. you know, you're trying to fight through. It's just an amazing game. I've sunk so many hours into that, and, and it's one of those games yeah. I've put away and come back to and put away and come back to just over and over again.
1: And you can, right? Like, you totally can, and it, it doesn't feel like you've lost anything, and... um. I love the fact, like, when your characters start to go crazy, like, they can take on these traits uh-huh. that make them do some crazy stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, sometimes they'll go selfish, and they're like, yeah, I'm only going to heal me this turn. <laughs> you know? And right, you're like, I, right. but I really needed uh, you to heal that guy. Yeah. And he's like, nope, not going to do it, you know? Or it's like, um, my one of my favorites is the, the masochist one. And they're like, "I really feel bad," and then he ends up like cutting himself. Yeah. And like, dude, right. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> oh,
0: there's always the heart attacks. So oh, many yeah. heart attacks. So many heart attacks. Yeah, the stress but, mechanism, the fear mechanism, the stress mechanism. That's just so good. Yeah. Such a good game, and uh, you know what's funny is I played that game so many times for for probably a year. Came went away, came back to it, and booted it up one day and played it again, and realized oh, man, I can actually beat this game. There's an ending. I just thought it was an infinite dungeon crawl ah, until, nice. I realized, <laughs> until I realized, oh, there's actually an end boss here. Yeah. And I got all the way to him. Yeah, there's, but, like, uh, the whole anyways.
1: checklist story, and I struggled even to get to, like, the first couple. Cause it's I was tough. Like, the problem is is that I ride my heroes so hard. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I'm just like, go, go. And I'm like, oh, I, d- I, just, I just TPK'd in here. Yeah. Great. Next well, who's, more heroes. Who's fresh off the wagon? <laughs> right. Let's go, boys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So good times there. Yeah. Good times. But yes. Uh going back to the, the ultimate games pass. I read an article that said Xbox has already won the console war, the next gen console war, because of the games pass. They said Microsoft, um, rightfully and I think what well, not rightfully, but like correctly um, identified that the next generation console war was not about um, the consoles or exclusiveness. It was about cloud streaming.
0: Yeah, I I could see that. I think that um, I think that uh, it's what it's gonna be, man. It's Microsoft is truly saying let's bring this to any platform. Yep. You know, and they, they started it with this, uh, you know, games anywhere. You got it on your Xbox. You could also own it on the PC. And people are like, oh yeah, that's cool. But now they're like, oh wait, I can stream anywhere.
1: Yes. Yeah. They're also leaning heavily into being able to stream your stuff, right? Which is which is, um, well, not just stream like not just stream it through cloud cloud gaming, but also streaming streaming. Like they're making these available to be able to get on your Twitch account and roll with it. You know, because um, some some of these were Xbox exclusives, but now you can play them on your PC as well without having to buy a separate copy. And you've got more people streaming games on Twitch. You know, uh, so yeah. uh, so you're I've, seeing the. I mean, I'm an, a, lot I'm of that a
2: stuff. noob. I'm a noob, and I love it. It's I, I can't do it any other way. I can I can't go back to buying a, a disc in a plastic box anymore. Yeah, I think I, this is. <laughs> I what's interesting <laughs> what's
0: interesting here is I think that um you know you're hitting a point is for so many console generations it's all about who sold the most number of consoles. Yep. Right, up front. Well, that maybe those first those first 2 years that's what it's about. And then they yeah. start arguing over you know the games and stuff. But I think Xbox is or Microsoft has just decided you know, and if if Sony if the Sony guys want to keep counting consoles, uh, that's fine. Let them count consoles. We'll uh, we'll talk about getting content to uh, the masses and having the yep. masses using our content, not necessarily specifically our consoles. Well, and so they they're, they're yeah. kind of being disruptive in their approach to bringing gaming to the to the couch.
1: They changed the rules of the game because you know why they all of a sudden looped in the master race. Of the PC gamers. (laughs) That's right. You know what I mean? And think about that. There's a large contingent of people out there that were like gaming on their PCs. And now they can get all of these games for, you know, for the uh, ultimate on their ultimate pass, even if they don't play Xbox, you know. And I I talked to a friend who is a pure PC gamer. And now we're playing the same games we weren't before. You know what I mean cuz I was playing Xbox games and he was playing PC games and sometimes we'd be like oh, okay you're playing um you're playing uh, Assassin's Creed I'm playing Assassin's Creed but for a long time like he couldn't play Red Dead Redemption but I could you know like and um and, and I mean that's still the case cuz it's not really on the PC for Red Dead but at the same time um there's more and more that are now you play the, the play anywhere that you said, and now we're playing the same games and talking the same language, you know, and they just looped in a huge contingent of gamers into the Xbox slash Microsoft platform. Yeah. I
0: think, I think the problem that we're going to have, right. Is that, and this has always been the problem with console wars Mm -hmm. is it's so difficult to find actual factual financial data.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, On this. Like, you know, for example, you can, like, just now as you were talking, you can Google, you know, and how do you Google this? You know, PS5 versus Xbox Series X. It just depends on which fan site you go to that pulls up some random number that says how much more money one has, how much more revenue one has brought in over the other. So it's how do you ever truly know, um, you know, without being an analyst. A forensic analyst that digs into the actual company earning statements and all that crap.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and also the strategies might be a little bit different where they say, you know, Xbox is saying, well, we don't care how many consoles we sell. I mean, the more the merrier, obviously, you know, but that's not our focus because we can bring in more of the PC crowd. So, like does the does the measure of success all of a sudden become unique users? Yeah. You know, what's your metric? Yeah, like unique users on your network, you you know, number of number of game downloads, like number of streaming, like like all of a sudden the shift is focus on the um, content and the users rather than the hardware, which I think is the right answer too, because somebody may be like, oh, I'm going to buy a PS5 because that's what my buddies told me. And it just sits on the thing because they never really game. But Sony gets to say, hooray, I was I won the console wars because that guy bought it, you know. Um,
0: i think at the end of the day it's just you know you, you gravitate towards what your community plays totally and, uh, to- yeah totally and i think that the xbox i've already expanded my community with friends that play on the pc that i've been able to play ultimate game passes with yep that i haven't before
1: yeah so yeah pretty good pretty good i did not expect to go down by the way an ultimate games pass uh slash Woo! xbox versus playstation uh site so the last thing like geek week is i've just been painting the crap out of this cursed city box just trying to get it ready for our um our Are we Guild gonna,
0: con. we gotta get uh get together and do a dry run with it
1: can we do it next week
0: uh yeah we, let's we'll look at the calendars offline and see if we can get some gaming
1: uh, my wife is heading out of town, so I have Ooh. some time. I've yeah. got some time, right. and I, I, and I think that I can have this whole box painted before GuildCon. Like I'm rocking and rolling on it. So, um, sweet. We'll see.
0: Sweet. Wait, cool. what?
1: Oh, you said sweet. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Sweetness. <laughs> there's There's right. probably in this box. Picture didn't happen. Fifty miniatures, and I think I can have them all painted in about a month.
0: How many do you have right now, percentage-wise, done?
1: Um, I've got twenty. I've almost got twenty-one done.
0: All right, cool.
1: Yeah, and yeah. there's a bunch of the little ones that are like airbrushes, dry brush, and I'm done. Like there you go. there's like a like these little rat hordes and these little bat bat swarms. Yeah. And it's, they're they're literally just like airbrush, dry brush, pick out a couple details, call it a day, move on. Um, I oh I did buy a roller like a it's a green stuff roller so somebody 3, 3D printed this thing and it's basically like a cylindrical tube with texturing on the outside.
0: Oh yeah the texture rolls yeah
1: yep and so I bought one that's cool cobblestone looking so I'm gonna do green stuff on the bases and cobblestone roll out yeah. mm-hmm. you know so it's pretty uniform across the board and quick too. Did,
0: did you get a 3d printed one or did you get an acrylic one?
1: It is a 3D printed one. Okay, I'm cool. looking at it yeah. right now. Which, you know, it looks looks like it'll do the job just fine. And it was only like $4, so.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was I'm I'm, I'm I think the
0: acrylic ones are like 25 to 40 dollars Yeah. On
1: yeah, you know. I saw those too. And you know what's funny is I was actually considering getting a um a cake roller. So they have like <laughs> right. Have you seen those? Yeah. They're they're acrylic like you yep. said. But they're for like doing cake, like texturing on, on cakes, like professional cakes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, the thing's like 12 inches long. I don't need it that long. And it's not quite the pattern I wanted. I think if I were doing something sci-fi, maybe that'd be kind of cool. But I'm like, eh, I'll go with the uh, Etsy one, you know, that somebody 3D printed yeah. for me. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, pretty good. But anyway, yeah, that was my geek week, man. Lots Sweet. of painting.
0: Get, well, we got some news.
1: Yeah. Time for the news. All right. <laughs> I like how Dan improvises this every week. Sometimes he preps it, but then he's like, oh crap, I got to come up with something. Yeah. yeah I,
2: just, <laughs> I did not know when that bit was going to end, and I was uh, <laughs> underprepared. All right. right. Dan, Dan was
0: like making himself a sandwich. He's like, I know,
2: right? Uh, you never simple. know. If we go down, <laughs> there's certain holes we go down that Dan gets real quiet on. I don't have a yeah. lot to say. So, anyway. Uh there uh, the new Dungeons and Dragons book got leaked ahead of its official announcement. once again? As the third release for 2021 will be Fizzband's Treasure of Dragons. YouTube channel Nerd Immersion found the title and cover via the API code in d d Beyond. <laughs> they leaked their own stuff by preloading it into D&D Beyond. So, if you're into dragons and you're into jeweled dragons and all sorts of things, everything dragon-related, um, Wizards of the Coast is coming out a ded- coming out with a dedicated dragon book uh, this year. So that should be excited. Nice,
0: Yeah, that'd be cool.
2: Or let me just say this: they'll announce
0: put the dragons of- back in the Dungeons and
2: Dragons. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: I will so, say that a lot of, except for like Tia, the rise of Tiamat, right? Like there is a noted absence of dragons in a lot of the adventures.
0: The yeah, the whole ice, um, the the north campaign. Well, no, I think we just haven't experienced it yet. But I think the uh, the uh, out of the abyss had demons lots yeah. of demons but i don't think it had any dragons in it did it yeah. no no there's i don't think it, it had any dragons
2: if you check the monsters manual there are some cr6 and cr3 wannabe dragons right and different yeah kind like of wyverns, and wyverns and worms and right? and, and uh like uh, drakelings drakelings and immature dragons or, or whatever they call them so there's no kind of reason not to because you could pretty much come up with one for every Every non-level one group, you could, per, you know, after you get to level three, you could throw something at your team, that's dragony. Um, but dragony. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, what always creeped me out when I, I checked out of D D for many, many years. When I checked back in, it was, it was the the dragonborn race I was always like, what, what is going on? Half human, half dragon. Right. Who was getting busy with the dragon? That made no sense. So anyway. Uh, It's out there, so check it out, or it will be out there, um, so, you know, keep your ear to the ground. My next uh, bit of news, the the finalists for this year's Diana Jones Award have been announced. The Diana Jones Award is designed to reward any combination of achievement, innovation, and anything that has benefited or advanced the hobby and industry as a whole, or which has had the greatest positive effect on games and gaming, or which in the opinion of the judging committee shows or exemplifies gaming at its best. The precise interpretation of excellence in gaming is left to the discretion of the individual judges who approach the subject from many different backgrounds and perspectives. Innovation, artistic merit, commercial success, cultural significance, longevity, and several other factors are all considered. So this is one of the award ceremony one of the award ceremonies that happens right before Gen Con, by the way. Mm. Um, but this one is not directly affiliated with Gen Con. But it's been going for 20 years.
1: The the one that is affiliated uh, with Gen Con is... Um, at the Ennies. The Ennies, right? The
2: mm-hmm. Ennies Awards. I have voted many years and... I, I like contributing to the Nnies when I have the opportunity, especially when I've looked at or I'm familiar with the games that I'm voting on that helps a lot <laughs> I like yeah. the um yeah.
0: I like the clear subjectivity that they uh offer the judges in this. it yeah. gives it it allows you flexibility to kind of you know uh, change with the times and with the cultural. Um, aspects versus kind of being hard line to specific criteria.
2: Yeah. And if you look at the innies, there's like they're up to 25 different awards now. It's it's nuts. But the nominees for the Diana Jones Award are uh, Big Bad Cons 2019 Babble on Equity Project and POC Programming, a fundraising effort to bring people of color to Big Bad Con. The next uh, nominee was The Game Crafter, a print on demand manufacturing service for tabletop games. That's pretty cool. Next is Nibcard Games, a game publisher slash manufacturer based out of Nigeria. Then Mike Pondsmith, founder of R. Tessorian Games and designer of Cyberpunk, Mecton Castle Frankenstein and many others. Uh, the uh, fifth nominee is Session Zero Online, an online tabletop gaming convention, hmm. and last but not least, Wingspan, a board game designed by Elizabeth Hargrave and published by Stone Meyer Games. That's a very popular game. I've played it Wingspan. once. Wingspan. Yeah. I played it once. I'm not a fan, but I know a lot oh, of people dig it. Um, I yeah. I, I played it and was like, man, I can't wait for this game to end. But that's okay. That's everybody has different tastes in games.
0: I remember you telling me you struggled with the theme.
2: It's the theme and it's also there's something kind of, I don't know, it just it, it, I, I couldn't get in the mechanics. I could,
0: I could find
2: the I could find my groove. If you, if you don't like the theme and you're and you're struggling with the strategy to get ahead of things, it those are kind of like Ugh, those are kind of two deal breakers and you have two deal breakers it's easy to break the deal so that's why I didn't like it but I encourage everyone to try it because I'm not here to push my opinion on anyone
0: they have an official uh, 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 DLC for uh, uh, what is it tabletop or uh, simulator
1: yeah yes yeah, yeah, yes yeah. they do yeah Yeah, I know our buddy John has the game um, and I have yet to pick it up and play it but um, apparently it's pretty easy to play and you know, as long as it's not our, our my favorite game, um, you know, Astral. Whatever that game was, I try to block it from my memory. Yeah, Alien, yeah, Frontiers. Yeah. Alien Frontiers. Alien Frontiers. <laughs> <laughs> not Alien yeah. Frontiers. Yeah. I'll, I'll be happy to put. I'll, I'll be happy to try it at least once or twice. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those games where yeah, game night and it's like Wingspan. Oh, Wingspan, cool. Yeah, we can like uh, you know pass eggs around and make do bird <laughs> stuff. It's like yeah, or we can play this one and we can like chop each other's heads off. Yeah, let's do that one. Let's <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Them. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like Wingspan is gonna be a date night game. Where it's like, here, honey, let's build a nest together. Right. Uh, She's (laughs) like, oh, that's so
2: cute. (laughs) No, it was a double date game. It was a double date. And my good friend brought it over. It was actually New Year's Eve. Uh, It got brought over to my house. And we gave it a whirl. We tried to enjoy it. I tried to enjoy it. It just, I I couldn't. Did your wife like it? I think she liked it more than I did, so
1: um she likes a lot of other games that you don't like we, like we have, what's that uh, p- uh bean game that oh yeah she likes? bonanza
2: bonanza yeah. she every time we talk about playing games she always brings up bonanza and, and all of the rest of the members of the family we simultaneously roll our eyes because none of us <laughs> want to play that game ever again okay so the diana jones award is not named after diana jones it's because at one point in time TSR was making an Indiana Jones role playing game and they were ordered to destroy all the unsold copies. And oh. so the last few copies of it it was the IN in Indiana was burned out. And so uh, the part of the award nice. that they hand out is pieces of this game in that it captured in plastic um and that's why it says diana jones instead of indiana jones just so i cool. love it i love it if you're like who's this diana jones chicken why does she have a gen con award that's that's the background <laughs> on that so go to diana dot you can not only uh see all of their past nominees and winners since 2001 but some of their award ceremonies are uh have uh youtube links you can actually watch like the 2018 awards and stuff like that so that's kind of cool Uh, My last piece of news is Magpie Games released the quick start for the Avatar Legends, the role-playing game, based on the Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra animated series. The quick start is available for free by signing up to the game's mailing list, which is a good way to be reminded when the game goes on Kickstarter on August the 3rd. The 55-page PDF features basic rules for the powered by the apocalypse system, including character creation rules, general game rules, an adventure called Forbidden Scroll, and a set of pre-generated characters and a blank playbook. So I know my kids really love uh, Avatar Last Airbender and they really get the lore and and love it. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. And the the Legends of Korra was some pretty awesome magic mashup with uh, steampunk, which is really, really neat, so. It's good stuff go check it out if that uh if that if that's something you're into great cool very good that's the news and i'm not dennis miller <laughs>
1: great stuff dude thank you uh you know we are starting to get into kind of some of the award season stuff we'll see the Emmys come out in uh september when gen con happens, you know, so um, it'll be interesting this year because you know, there wasn't a ton of gaming that happened. I mean, all of, I mean, I'm sure there was, but all of my gaming friends that I had that, you know, is outside of our, even our little local circle, were talking about having to try to find stuff on, you know, Tabletop Simulator potentially, or just not doing it. So, you know, some of these newer games that were published or that came out, like, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, some of the award shakes out. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of um, it's been
2: a rough year in gaming, right? It's been a rough year to get stuff out of China. It's been a rough year to publish. It's been a rough year to introduce your games via normal conventions. So, you know, I, I think this is the anomaly period in the gaming industry where it, it'll be changed permanently in some, some, some way, but, um, but it's still going strong. So that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uh, you know, we, we found out quickly that D and D did very well during the pandemic, in my opinion, you know, they were able to pivot with D and D online, um, or sorry, D and D beyond and, uh, you know, to help facilitate some online platforms. And I know a lot of people that did a lot of gaming, um, through D and D beyond, so, it was it was good for some some companies tabletop the actual physical copy tabletop games eh maybe not so much but you know what they'll bounce back really hard,
2: and so. I th- I think we we tend to underestimate the power of uh, live play podcasts and live play Twitch, and live yeah. play YouTube that I think that has done more to push uh D and D and RPGs I, in my opinion more than anything else the critical role factor. Yeah, and I'm not even talking about the famous ones. I've I've got kids who who are following other gaming groups that are doing live play, that it, yeah. that no that none nobody's ever heard of. They're like, yeah, I found it. It was cool. I liked their vibe, and so I'm following them.
1: Yeah. So I found this found this uh, live play one one time called Far Verona.
0: <laughs> oh gosh.
1: <laughs>
2: Call back. Calm It'll back. never
1: get, it never, guys, it never gets old. It never gets old. I
2: stopped listening to a live play when they switched from a podcast. They stopped posting uh, the MP3s on, uh, you know, through through standard podcast channels and uh-huh. they moved to Twitch and I didn't go with them, but they were a very, uh-huh. very well-produced show. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Very good.
1: All right. Well, uh, so that brings us to our main topic of the evening. What's happening in Warhammer uh again as i mentioned uh, earlier in the episode summer is always like the time of uh big releases you'll also find like november december time of some big releases obviously before the christmas holidays uh but summer is usually when you start to get like uh new additions you know like they they are they are transforming the way that the core gameplay is happening and True to form this summer, 2021 was a a new experience for Age of Sigmar. So we got a new edition. It's uh, Age of Sigmar 3.0, which is interesting because um, just to give a little brief history on Age of Sigmar, uh, when it took over from Warhammer Fantasy uh, back in 2016, I want to say it was... um, they came out with a game that was almost unplayable uh, because they didn't have any point values for any of their models. So you just kind of said, well, they, they had some like kind of rough power levels. You're like, well, I think that these models are roughly equal to your models, and so let's play a game and see how it works out. Well, that drove all of the competitive people nuts, of course, you know, because it's like you couldn't, you couldn't field a standard army that had like, you know, a 2000 point level or 1000 point level. And they just didn't have like it in, in the rule sets were just really goofy. So you had like these, um, units were just absolutely dominating the game and it, it was hard to tell if you were balanced or not. You couldn't really have competitive environments, which the competition really drives the sales. You know, like people going to events and things that drive sales. Um, and so they had this AOS 1.0 and then they kind of had a AOS 1.5 that came out with the points part of it in the first General's Handbook that happened in 2017. And that's when it started to kind of pick up a little bit of steam. There was still a whole bunch of like, you know, Warhammer fantasy guys that we're still playing the old edition that that to this day won't come over. They're like, I mm-hmm. hate Sigmar. I'm not playing that ever again. You know. And um, but you know, with the with the addition of the General's Handbook that started putting points to models, and then getting regular you know uh, frequently asked questions and errata updates, all of a sudden you started to have a legitimate uh edition on your hand. Uh, about six months later, maybe a year later, uh, you had Soul Wars come out, and that introduced the Night Hunt faction, and it also in- introduced um, uh, introduced uh, a lot of uh, magic rules that weren't really defined in the previous editions. And so, uh, you know, that's where you had your unbinding. That's when you had, you know, some of your other stuff that was that was going on. And um, that was unofficially dubbed as Warhammer 2.0. Um, and, you know, that also had a General's Handbook that came out. And so now you were starting to get, again, more events, more competitions, more tournaments, like bigger, bigger events that were happening with AOS 2.0. And that basically was 2018. And here we are in... Uh, 2021, three years later, and we have the an official, you know, GW recognized Age of Sigmar 3.0. So um, there's been quite a few changes uh, with this edition, and um, I think that they're welcome additions. Um, What do you think, Jason?
0: I, I you know, I still don't quite understand all of the differences in the rules um, yet. I know that it's going to be pretty Disruptive into how we build our armies now. You know, yeah. all of armies were so focused around battalions, right? Um, you know, That's finding the, the battalion. Yeah, finding the battalion that gave you your way to kind of link link your um, your uh, units together to get those special capabilities. Uh-huh. Um, and even if it was, you know, uh, not caring so much about what the battalion gave you in terms of a special feature, but just the ability of the battalion to let you drop faster onto the board. Uh, to try to get that first turn priority to make the choice on if you wanted to go first, um, you know I don't quite understand the the differences now. Like wh- like if there aren't like you know what, Justin, what are, what is it now? Like do do battalions exist at all in matched play? Is there an equivalent or like so? Yeah, what? that's
1: a that's a great question. So, um, what happened is um, all of your so you would have these named battalions like um, Night Hunt had. The condemned battalion and you would have to field like you know one unit of your battle line chain rasps and you had to have or two units of your battle line chain rasps, and then you had to have like one hero associated with it or there was another named battalion that was like Raikkonor's host you know and it had Raikkonor and and a couple of other units that were assigned to that battalion and you couldn't add to that battalion and you couldn't take away from that battalion you literally had to have those models and that same count in those battalions and then they would get an extra feature like maybe instead of a six up after after save to you know negate damage maybe it's a five up at Mm -hmm. that point you know so there's different combos that you could do sometimes you sometimes you would bring two battalions to the table and those battalions would allow you to like you know drop all your models on the table at once so that would help you go first um, so there was some gamesmanship there about like what battalions you take. The problem with the, the battalions as they were written is there was a tale of like two cities. There were the haves and the have nots with those battalions. and some and it all depended on who wrote your book. Like if you had the guy, there's two guys and I don't, I, I don't remember their names, but if you had the guy that wrote the Slanesh book, right? Like, he was like, more explosions, more fire, more everything. We're going to give it to them all, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, it was like, you can reroll sixes. Oh, and also sixes do mortal wounds. Oh, and you know what I mean? Like, you can, you can run and charge and you can shoot and charge and you can do all this stuff that like, you're like, holy cow, my army can do like one of those things, but you gave them everything with those battalions that are written in there, you know? Um, and then you had another, the, the other guy, if he wrote your book, um, it was a very balanced book, but it didn't have all those things. And so it, because you are playing against it competitively, like it felt ha you had the haves and have nots. Right. And so, um, and, and the other problem too, is that like, there's a couple battalions in the night Hunt book that I never, ever, ever touched because they were just so lame. You know, like I, I did never want to play them. Like A, I didn't want those models because the models stank, you know, like their war scrolls were not very good. And B, uh, the benefit that you got from having them, you're like, eh, not very good. So whenever a book came out, there was always one or two battalions in the book that it was like, okay, that's the go-to. You'll always see it in a competitive tournament. You'll never see any combinations outside of that. So whenever, like, for example, whenever I played Flesh Eater Quartz, I either expected um you know from you either a a um army that was full of crypt Flayers or an army that was full of ghouls. Like yeah. and that's that's what I expected. You know what I mean? And rarely because they kind of nerfed it, rarely did I see one that had like four terror geists. You know. Right. So I th- yeah, uh,
0: but uh, to be fair, when you played me, you know, I was I didn't have super competitive I had good lists. I just didn't have the, the meta lists. And so there were definitely the multi terror guys lists out there, but, uh, yeah. There were battalions that tied those together to make them so rampant.
1: Yeah. But it, I mean, it, it was really like, there was what, like five or six battalions in the book. And I mean, yeah. the ones that were used were only three of them, maybe. Right. Yep. You know, agreed, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how it was, but that's how every book was. So, Getting back to your original question, I kind of had to give a little bit of background there, but getting back to your original question, the battalions now are, um, those battalions that are written in the book, they are only reserved for narrative play now. You will never use those battalions that are in the books um, that will give you those benefits. Now what it is, is that you have what are called core battalions, okay? Okay. And these core battalions, there's there's several things. Like there's battalions if you have a monster. There's battalions if you have a lot of battle line. There's battalions if you want a bunch of elite troops. There's battalions if you have sub commanders. You know, and and all of these things are defined. Like sub commanders are leaders that have under nine wounds or something like that. You mm-hmm. know. Um, and, uh, you know, you you have your general, you have elite units and, and, um, what, what it does is it's very similar to Warhammer 40 K with your, you know, your, um, uh, your like Vanguard battalions or your, uh, patrol battalions, you know, like where you can, you can have three battalions in a list if you want, and they'll give you different capabilities. Um, or you can focus heavy on just one kind of catch-all battalion that that'll let you do certain things so generally now it's like okay well if you want this battalion you need to have a general you need to have a leader or two and you need to have at least like three battle line units and they can be reinforced X amount of times and you can have X amount of elite units right and if you want more you have to have a you have to get maybe it's another smaller battalion to add into that if you wanted to so um what i what i like about this way is it doesn't prescribe to you what units you have to have in those battalions right so right. Mm-hmm. so before just the, type of unit. just the type of unit so before my battalion was you have to have two units of at least 20 chain rasps and a guardian of souls model right I know for many of our listeners are like I don't even know what that means but the point is is it's very prescribed well now I can be like okay well I just want one unit of chain rafts, and now I want to take another unit of hex rays as well and I'm gonna mash that into this you know into this battalion and come up with a wildly different list that might be a little bit more flexible and suitable to my playing style instead of being beholden to the battalion
0: yeah, I think it it's going to be neat. Um because that was the thing that kind of was rough about the others is you, you forced you to a specific unit um type or a specific unit was now you can mix up the unit types. Yeah. Um I I think it's going to be fun to see the way that different um the different uh, um um lists are generated. Yeah. Uh, now, here's a question. Uh can you bring more than one type of core battalion?
1: Yes, yes, you can. Uh, you could bring as many as you can fit into your list right. uh, and each battalion will give you certain benefits if you take it right So there's like a Vanguard battalion and it gives you like um like once per game you can reroll hit rolls of one for all the units that are in that battalion. Mm-hmm. you know there's another one that if you take it then you can one drop all of those all those units down together. You know um there's one that you can add saves to they're kind of like defenders so it basically takes a lot of the the triumphs that you could get in the previous system and gives those abilities to the core battalion so yeah you can take you can take it like i i might do the big main one that lets me bring all my battle line and my leaders and lets them lets me one drop those but then i might also take a vanguard one that I can use as kind of my hammer, right? Yeah. So, like my main one's my anvil, and then my other one's my hammer, and there I go, like I'm ready to I'm ready to rock and roll. It,
0: it's just going to be really interesting to see because so much of the lists were built around the special things that the narrative yes. now narrative battalions brought you. Now yep. it's going to be these core battalions, and everyone's going to have a lot of the same capabilities with these core battalions.
1: Yeah, and I think um, what's happening now, there's been a couple of tournaments um, since the beginning of July already in AOS 3.0, and you're seeing very similar lists to what you saw near the end of AOS 2.0. Obviously, people were playing them. They kind of knew it, you know, Um, and there's not a lot of books that came out. So, yeah, the battalions are gone, but the unit compositions are pretty much the same. So you're seeing very similar lists, but I think as the new books come out and ability faction abilities change, so what they're what they're talking about, what's going to happen is um you'll see I, I'm going to use the fire slayers as an example in their battle tome they um, have like these lodges that they call fire slayer lodges right and if they said basically if you take this lodge um it will give you certain abilities. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. just basically a sub-faction rule that you can get. Like the uh, Daughters of Cain had a bunch of them. Um, the, um, the Auric War Clans had them, you know, sure, and, yeah. and things like that. So um, so they're there. And I think that those are going to rise to prominence in a lot of the other books. So there's there's going to be kind of like... Um, and I'm doing air quotes here, light battalions, right? They may not have the unit requirements, but you'll take the faction abilities and it'll say, you if you take this if you take this sub-faction, you have to take this artifact. You have to have this person as your hero. You know what I mean? Because um, it, it gives a little bit of flavor to that as well. So, uh, and, and it gives you a, like a command ability for your general that they can use. Right, right. So we'll see.
0: We will see, yeah. And there's, you know, we could go on and on. What are, what are, what's one of the other major things about three that you want to cover?
1: Um, I'm, I'm going to run through a couple just super quickly. Um, one is that there's now in the hero phase there are. Um, hero abilities and monster abilities that you can do. Yep. They're, they're mm-hmm. called heroic actions and monster actions. And these are kind of game changer things. I was thinking about these with my night haunt list. Like you can heal, you can do some mortal wounds, you can do some other things that, that are kind of important. So um, I like it. I think it's, it adds some complexity to the game that, um, you know, you're going to start seeing monsters do a lot more stuff now apparently Archaeon, because he's a monster and a hero gets both and he can go nuts with them, you know? (laughs) So yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Um, and, uh, let's see, uh, that was a big one. The other big one is, uh, the change in command points. So before you would get your command points, if you had battalions and you get all this stuff, well, now you get command points based on, you know, certain criteria, Um, But they go away at the end of your turn and then at the beginning of your next turn you um, You basically do the calculations all over again to see how many command points you get and uh, So it's it just encourages you to use it like it's use it or lose it you know and I think that you'll see more and the biggest part of the command point change is that Your heroes don't have to be the ones to issue them like you can have your sergeants that are in these units be able to issue them, um, you know, so you don't have to have a hero within six inches to be able to like have that unit re-roll its charge, you know, as long as it has a leader within that little unit, yeah. you know, so I think that that's great. I,
0: you know, I, on the, on the monstrous, uh, uh, things, the monstrous mm-hmm. rampages, I, th- <laughs> I think this to rubble pick one faction terrain yeah. Um. And roll within three inches on a three plus, the terrain feature is demolished. Yeah. Um. And the scenery rules on its roar scroll cannot be used for the rest of the battle if it was a faction terrain feature. Yeah. And I'm I'm just like, wow. Like, uh, you know, uh, could you use that on the Bone Reapers big pyramid thing yes. they put in the middle of the table? Yes, it's just like, gosh, you know.
1: I think it's, that's amazing because like I think it is
0: too. It's such because some of those faction terrains are just so detrimental to how those armies have been played. Oh yeah. To date, now you could come in. All you gotta do is run that monster up the front, and boom! You know, oh. on on more, greater than a fifty percent chance to knock that thing out of your opponent's uh, arsenal.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, what a way... Because, like, it can improve saves, it can do mortal wounds, it can take yeah. a... Well, minus, minus to hit, minus right. to attack, you know? And you're like, this thing sucks. Because <laughs> you can put <laughs> it, like, right in the it. middle. Every time yeah. you play it. You know? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to take my freaking Mock Crusher and just smash that thing to yeah. bits. Yeah. And I love it. And, and it's kind of thematic, too, right? This big old beefy guy coming in Boom. and smashing it down. So yeah I, I love that but um, just just to add on real quick of course with the new edition of uh, Age of Sigmar there's a new uh, collectible box that came out a new battle box it's called Dominion and um, of course <laughs> per the usual it's stormcast Eternals in one half right um, and uh, these new stormcast models though are amazing looking I think that they are fantastic uh they uh, people are calling them the primer, uh, the primaris stormcast because it's like you know you had space marines and then a couple of years ago they came out with the primaris space marines that were like bigger beefier tougher you know and that's these guys these guys are like bigger beefier tougher you know mm-hmm. and they've mm-hmm. got the stats to prove it they probably cost more in points than the smaller guys of course you know but um boy these these models um, very dynamic they look they look really really good
0: i think yeah and i think that um, in the new in uh, well i've told you this before i think the new orc models uh, look their faces look way better in my oh, yeah. opinion oh, they yeah. look they look like sinister plotting uh, destructive foes versus you know and i think before the goal was that the orcs were this like kind of low intellect, just running around, crushing things. And they had this, you know, the iron, kind of an iron jaw, big look. I think I look at these guys and I think, whoa, I need to be careful. Yeah. Because these guys look like they know war and they mm-hmm. know what they're doing. You know? I, I think yeah. they look really cool.
1: Someone was telling me, like I'm on the aura Facebook page, you know, and they were reading the Dominion book, like the the – the novel that came out around the same time as the box and they're like these guys are mean like <laughs> right like they're they are cruel like no joke cruel you know and they are mean like the the other orcs are out for destruction and they have their wog and they do their thing but these guys are mean and you know the models look like it too mm. the models i mean they just got nice snarls on their face and just they look angry like somebody yeah. peed in their Cheerios <laughs> and they are not happy about it, you know. Yep. Yep. So uh, I don't know if I showed you this, but one of my favorite ones was that. Um, did you see that like catcher, like that hero catcher model with like the beast was crawling um, and they have like a net on the back of it.
0: Did I don't you remember. see that
1: one. It was like a big, big, big model. But anyway, it, the face looks like Dobby. From Harry Potter. But if Dobby had done like a lot of drugs and went hard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I made a meme with my showed, sock. Yeah, I made a meme and it was like uh it had uh Dobby where he says, Dobby is now free and then I said, Dobby, no, what have you become? And it showed like this monster's face. You yeah.
2: know? <laughs> Dobby need another hit. <laughs> exactly yeah. dobby need yeah. the smack <laughs> dobby need the ganja
1: I, I need to share that photo with you dobby need it's, angel it's absolutely dust hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> quick somebody poor find dobby. sock poor dobby yeah so um yeah so but i'm i'm really excited about this new edition i have the dominion box right here in front of me um i'm like i said earlier i'm working through the curse city box but this is going to be cracked open real quick so that i can uh, start painting them and uh there is an auric war clans book that's coming out like they had a one that had come out uh two i guess it was a year and a half ago almost two years ago and um so they're going to have a new one come out and it's going to incorporate the cruel boys into the auric war clans as well so you could do your big log that has a big mix of different different factions which is mm-hmm. kind of cool so cool. we'll see how it goes I, I'm going to pick it up but I uh, got to get these guys you know put together and, and painted and, and, I, and as part of it too um, GW in the past has supported these newer models with um, with PDF war cry cards and abilities so I'm hoping that there's going to be a cruel boys war cry faction and a new stormcast chamber that they'll that they'll support with um, with warcry cards that you can download and print.
0: So, question: um, I have not been following the new app, but are we going to have our war scrolls locked behind a paid wall again, like? 40K? Oh, that's
1: that's the big question because they haven't they haven't actually put out the app um, mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to do it like starting. Uh, july 3rd you know but it they're like oh it's coming soon and nobody knows what that means so i don't know um i pay for the 40k app even though i barely play 40k but i you know i I had it on subscription and so it's only going to be an extra like dollar or two a month for me um to upgrade but it allows you to Build lists and 40k, Warhammer, Age of Sigmar gets you all the animation stuff that they're putting out, which some of it looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, gives you access to, I, th- I think you get a free model every year, which could, could be cool. Um, anyway, we'll see how it goes. I know a lot of people were really ticked off that, like, right now in, in Azure, you can get the War Scrolls for free. And it yeah. sounds like they might be yeah. behind the paywall.
0: Yeah, I think that's the the concern, right? Is that no matter how cheap you make it, if you make it impossible to play the game without having some sort of a recurring fee. Uh, and and I'm sure you know you could buy the War Scroll book, but then you don't get the updated things without having to print the facts yourself and yep. all that stuff, and not being able to look at your opponent's army to understand what their yep. things are. It just I don't know how I feel about it. You know, I even, I, I realize it's cheap, but it's just like, man, that's, you know, I, I, I love playing these games and they're fun. I just hate having, I hate being on a leash with money in order to play the game.
1: Well, and I think, I think 40K was a little bit worse because it's like, well, you could only look at the War Scrolls that you had a book for. So I couldn't mm-hmm. even look at my opponent's War yeah. Scrolls and see what they were doing, you know? Right. Um or I guess they call them data sheets, but I couldn't look at their data sheets, you know? Um, And that was one of the greatest things I liked about Age of Sigmar is that I could be like, okay, I'm playing against a corn unit. They have these things. Oh, okay, that's their cavalry. That's their heavy hitters. That's their battle line. You know what I mean? And you generally knew, like, what their abilities were. Um, You may not know all their, you know, tricky things that they could do, but you could look up on the war scroll and be like, okay, you hit on fours, hit, you know, wound on threes, it's one damage okay I, I know what i'm i know what i'm dealing with yeah you know, you know
0: again, i get i'm going to make the i've said this before but you know if you if you lock that kind of common material behind paywalls people are going to find ways around it yeah which means people are going to people are going to be going to sites other than yours to get the information well, that, uh, like yeah wikipedia <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Whereas you know, like with Age of Sigmar, like ex- at least two right? If I wanted to look something up, I could go to Games, where I knew I could go to GamesWorkshop.com and I could look up that unit and I could look up that unit's ward scroll right there. Right. But if that star- if that stuff starts to get locked behind, what am I going to be doing? I'm going to be Googling and going into other websites, and Games Workshop is going to be losing my time on their website to see all their sidebar ads and sales and all that stuff. It just seems like a bad idea to me. Yeah, you're lo- you're missing out on opportunities to market to your audience yeah. by allowing, encouraging them to go elsewhere to find material.
1: I totally material. agree. I totally agree. But I totally agree. Uh, you know, and we'll we'll see how it goes. I know that they want to kind of bring it all together under one umbrella instead of having two apps yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. And and look, the idea that the best way to build an army in 40k was going to Battlescribe, right? I, have, dude, Battlescribe was a nightmare to use. It was like kind of I a was, big
0: database interface.
1: I was not a big fan of Battlescribe. And uh, I know that the new app had its problems, but now, like with 40K, I much prefer using the app um, to build my list now because they they worked out a lot of kinks and it works out really, really easily now. You know, so, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those things that if it's a good, if, if people feel like there's value for the money, they'll pay it. You know?
0: Yeah, of course,
1: always. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it's $5 a month, so that equates to, like, $60 a year on top of what you have to buy for your models and books and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, let's, uh, you know, we'll just add that into the fifteenth $5 a month thing that (laughs) I am paying for.
1: You're like, where's all my money going? Yeah, I I don't understand this. Everything's
0: so cheap. Where's...
1: Exactly. So, uh, all right. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's move over to the 40k realm. Um, there's obviously like always kind of like new new things coming out. The um, the uh, adeptus mechanicus just kind of came out with a new book uh, for them, and apparently it's just absolutely dominating like tournament play right now, from what I've seen and uh i I like adeptus mechanicus i like the aesthetic of it and the lore behind it it's kind of cool these guys are more machine than men at this point you know and and Mm -hmm. for the imperium of man which is you know mankind they're always they're the techie guys they're the guys that will say the prayer to fire up the ship's engines you know and 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 uh they bring this weird like tech Religion into it that um you know feels like mysticism to the Space Marines and everybody else, where they're like, oh, that's technology. That's like some weird stuff that they are doing over there and chanting away, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's some there's some cool models that that are in there. They got some cool lore and uh, but they've been dominating lately. But that's not even really the thing I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is what they announced about a week ago, which was the new Kill Team. Um, uh edition that is coming out so this is kill team 2.0 um i did a little bit of research into the original kill team and to be honest with you i was like a hair's breadth away from picking up kill team before Warcry cry came out and then Warcry cry was announced and i said whoa 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 that's the one that i want instead you know, um, I was I was very close to getting Kill Team because I loved the idea of building these kind of small skirmish bands with Space Marines or Imperial Guardsmen or Chaos Cultists or, or whatever you want, you know. Um, but uh, Kill Team suffered from some bloat. And really, if you look at the rules, Kill Team 1.0 was uh, just a... 500 point 40k game like that's all it really was like the rules for shooting and moving and everything was about the same so it was there was nothing really special about it it was just you're playing a small game on a small map you know and you're like okay cool i could do this without the kill team rules or you know other things that are happening here Mm -hmm. um so i think that uh you know you you talk to a lot of the um, old school kill team guys. And they, uh, they'll tell you that they, um, uh, thought that it just kind of died out because it got boring. Like it got boring to them. There, there wasn't alternating activations. It was like, you go first. So whoever went first usually killed off a bunch of people and it just wasn't very fun. You know, um, it started out okay. And then, and then just changed. But, uh Kill Team 2.0 though looks like they've completely overhauled it. Um what I told you earlier today is they took the best of Warcry and they 40k'd the crap out of it. Right? So it's now sci-fi, it has a lot of shooting in it obviously cuz you got you got the things. Um they've got all new data cards that don't rely on the 40k data sheets. Um, you know, so they've got, they got a lot of, a lot of good stuff and it sounds like even the, the people have special abilities. So you got like a demolitions guy on one team mm-hmm, that can yeah. like blow stuff up, which sounds awesome. You know, like it sounds awesome that you can, that you can run with some of that. And, um, uh, they've got faction support for, I think I saw 21 different factions right now. You know, uh, you could play orcs, you can play tau, you can play uh, Gene Stealer Colts. You can play, uh, you know, Space Marines. You can play Imperial Guardsmen. They've got a Death Corps of Krieg that's in the new box. They've got Orc Commandos. You know, they've got a lot of a lot of different factions that you can play. Um, you know, that uh, that doesn't seem to take a lot of models to do it. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, the uh, the new the new box there has a bunch of cool terrain in it.
1: It does with the board, right? And I, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that the board is probably about the same, 11 by 22 and a half, that we see with the Warcry board. Right. You know, and it's got a lot of great 40k terrain uh, that comes with it, and you get a Orc Commando, Orc Commandos uh, faction, and a Death Corps of Krieg, Commando, uh, or, sorry, faction. And I'll, I'll tell you this much. I've always loved the death Corps of Krieg models. Those are the dudes with the gas masks yep. mm-hmm. that they wear all the time, you know? And, um, they look like world war one, like German infantry soldiers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I've always loved those models. I've their backs. Their lore is really awesome. And, uh, but you could only get them on forge world and they were crazy expensive, crazy expensive. Uh, they were resin and or previously metal, and, um, now these ones are coming out in plastic and a lot of people are saying, oh, does this mean that we're going to see, uh, death Corps of, uh, of Krieg, uh, full army coming out in plastic, similar to what they did with sisters of battle, you know? Um, cause that, that whole line started coming out in plastic, uh, cause it was all metal before, you know? So, yeah, we'll see. Um but the box looks amazing. Um how much do you think that box is gonna go for? Uh
0: well, with the terrain.
1: Yeah. Ooh. So uh let probably. Let, 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 how much yeah, was uh
0: yeah, how much was Dominion?
1: Uh Dominion was uh two hundred. Two
0: hundred. I'm just thinking this one's probably gonna be somewhere between one fifty and two hundred.
1: So original Warcry was one fifty. Yeah. Right, so I think that this is gonna be one seventy five for kill team, because you're not getting that many models. You're getting eighteen models and some terrain, so and all the robots. Yeah,
0: I, I think I think that's what I think too. I think that's why it's one fifty to two hundred. Yeah, I could see one seventy five.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um.
0: Although those are hardback books in there. I know. So I don't know. We'll see.
1: I told uh, I told our you know my main plastic crack dealer Dutch. I said just put me down for a copy already. Like I, I'm like I'm already into it. Just give it. Just 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 plan on giving it to me. You know. So. Um, but you know you've got your sisters of battle. I've got some space marines. We'll have like the death Corps krieg. We'll have the orc commando boys. Um, I've got some blood letters that apparently is a faction. That you can use you know so mm-hmm. it's like let's go let's uh <laughs> you know let's uh let's build some kill team armies and play some kill team. sounds like a lot of fun
0: yeah oh shoot it'll be cool yeah i think i think um i think this is going to be how long do you think a game's gonna last
1: i think it's gonna be very similar to warcry
0: yeah so like 45 minutes
1: yeah yeah, That'd like be cool. maybe 30 if you're really humming, you know, but 45 minutes is probably about right. And uh, it looks like they've simplified the data sheet, so it's pretty easy to use. And uh, yeah, they're just going to go for it. So
0: We'll see. Um, when does it come out?
1: Officially? I think it comes out. I don't know if they've said anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do a pre-order for it here in the next week or two. Cool. So it'll probably come out uh beginning to mid august yep so that'll be good it'll be a lot of fun yeah so yeah well listen that's kind of what's going on in warhammer right now um like i said summertime is always a busy time so we thought we'd catch you all up on um on uh the, the the happenings and um you know we we just skimmed over some of the big stuff that's going on with Age of Sigmar and and Kill Team but you know it gave you enough of a taste to if you're interested go go check out the Warhammer community page there's a lot of great articles about both of these things that have come out that that give you a better understanding of what's happening so uh, there's never a better time to get into these games in my opinion you know like like now's a great time to get in there's a lot of good deals uh, on miniatures there's a lot of cool armies coming out And, uh, you know, if you're worried about late edition bloat, you know, where things are kind of wildly unbalanced, uh, I think that, you know, now is the time where all that sort of gets reset and you can kind of find your own way, uh, with your, with your models now. So it's a great time. Very cool. Yep. All right, everybody, Dan,
0: any,
2: any parting words for us, buddy?
0: (laughs) Got your sandwiches made.
2: Uh, my sandwiches made. Speaking of sandwiches, um, Sign-up Genius is on its way for GuildCon. so. Um, oh, nice. Um, yeah. Funny you should mention that. Have you low my computer, Jay? Is that what you <laughs> Yeah. I feel really creepy now. What do Who you knows? do for the government? No, I'm missing <laughs> it. All right. Having a great time. It was good. Uh, this was a lot of fun. So I'm excited to see um, what happens in the future. I love. Uh, I love the Games Workshop stuff. Every time I've played, I've always really enjoyed it. I just... I just don't own any of it, so I want to play all your guys's crap. So buy more crap so I can play it. Right. And invite me Dude, over. This is
1: this is this is why I have like you know 15 war bands at this point because I'm just like I want to play all of them and I want everybody else to play all of them with me
2: too. <laughs> to, you know. So. To quote Chevy Chase in the D and D episode of Community, invite me to your crap. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank
1: you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week.
0: Bye. See ya.